0: This is Joe Kalesha, and you're listening to Outtakes, a photography podcast where we connect with other photographers to get the scoop on what drives their practice, learn how they found their way in a highly competitive industry, and hear personal stories from the field. I'm so excited about our guest today. Today, we are chatting with Alex Hopes, who I've been so fortunate to work with as a freelancer for his company back when I lived in Austin. Alex is a photographer currently based in Santa Fe, New Mexico, but who is most known for founding the brand and wildly popular Instagram account, Zilker Bark. On Alex's website, he described himself as a colorblind dog lover who also happens to be a photographer. In the winter of 2012, Alex moved to Austin with his dog. He had never visited Austin before, didn't have a job lined up, and didn't know anyone in the city, but eventually went on to found Zilker Bark in the spring of 2015, which in Alex's own words he says was mostly by accident. Alex had been a regular at the park with his dog Sid in Austin for many years, but it wasn't until 2015 that he started to use his camera at the park. After snapping dog after dog and sharing the photos on Instagram, Austinites began to take notice and suddenly Zilker Bark became a voice for the dog community of Austin and a beacon of positivity for those who follow the account. To this day, this small project has turned into more than 30,000 dogs photographed and more than $175,000 raised for animal-related nonprofits. Hey Alex, thank you so much for joining in today.
1: Yeah, excited to be here and uh, I love hearing all those things read back to me. I'm, I, I... Some of those numbers need to up, be updated. I feel like at this point, we're closer to like 45,000 dogs. It's remarkable how many dogs there are that need photographing.
0: Oh, I totally believe it. So you're chatting with us right now from Santa Fe?
1: Yeah, I'm here in Santa Fe. Uh, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm i glad I'm not in Austin right now. It looks like it's getting hit pretty hard with this winter storm.
0: Yeah, I know. I've seen some crazy things, losing power yeah. and whatnot. This is the season. All right. Well, um, so I kind of wanted to start off by getting anyone listening in kind of a little bit more of a background about Zilker Bark because I know Zilker Bark obviously since I've worked with you as a freelancer on occasion, you know, as um, as an associate photographer for the company. So I'm a bit familiar with the brand and the Instagram and, and whatnot. Um, but I was hoping that you could kind of take us back to the start, kind of that period of time when you first moved to Austin with your dog Sid, and naturally you're taking photos of him everywhere, as you know we all would with our own dogs. So that's you know, pretty normal, expected. Um, but at what point in that period of time did something change and uh, inspire you to pursue professional photography?
1: Yeah, you know, the best thing about having a dog is uh, is is they they're just like they're really great for learning new things. And for me, it was photography. I had uh, basically a, a model who wouldn't say no. As long as I had a tree and his little racquetball, he would do just about anything to pose for the camera. Uh, so it was a really great way for me to start taking pictures. And at the time, before I started photographing dogs exclusively, I was a photographer who wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I would take kind of any job I could get. And, um, and it was exciting. I feel like, uh, you know, early days of photography, when everything is new, everything's exciting. And I think there's kind of a, uh, um, a desire to really learn more and kind of really uh, get into all the different types of photography. And it wasn't until uh, I started going to the dog park and taking pictures of other people's dogs that I realized that there is an industry here of people who are going to want to have dog photos. Um, so it worked out really well. I, I was kind of a regular at the dog park and uh, it didn't take long before. Uh, an Instagram was formed and the name of the park that we started at was Zilker park. Uh, and I just so happened to have the Instagram handle Zilker park, which was uh, a very, a very, um, uh fortuitous thing to have and after about six months of photographing dogs at the park a friend of mine said hey Alex what if you change the name of the Instagram to Zilker Bark and I was like well that's genius (laughs) so uh yeah so I uh so I changed it and um and after that we started offering photo sessions and uh that whole experience is a little nerve-wracking too I think when you're starting out as a creative putting yourself out there um you're never really sure what kind of response you're going to get and I remember my the first sessions that we did, they were thirty minutes long. They included ten photos. They were forty dollars, and I went out and got uh, gift bags from all the local dog places in town to give to everyone who booked a session with me. <laughs> and now at this point, I think we have we like our sessions are half as long. They offer twice or half as much, and they're five times more expensive. So you know, I, it's a uh, it's um it's been a uh, a unique journey, but I'm cer- certainly fortunate to have embarked on it in a community as dog-friendly as Austin.
0: Yeah. Um, and so uh, you you didn't start off doing sessions though, right?
1: Yeah. It basically just started out as kind of uh, taking photos of dogs at the park and then creating kind of a unique, cute caption behind them that I would just make up based on, you know, the personality in the photo. And that's kind of how things got started. Uh, it was obviously, um, you know, Photos of dogs is something that is made for internet content. Uh, So that went over really well. And I think having the opportunity to have your dog as a, as a local community member, having the opportunity to have your dog on the Instagram account, I think was desirable. And uh, I think that helped kind of lead to uh, the, the increase in publicity and uh, eventually the, um, the, the clients. Yeah.
0: And did, um, so Sid, your dog is Instagram famous, correct? Yes, he is. (laughs) <laughs> like he's been on Huffington post, I think, uh, and many other news outlets that I can't recall right now. Um, but if you Google him, he has a lot of newsworthy articles written about him. I think yeah, you're he's, on the cover of like Tribeza and yeah. Austin Chronicle with Sid.
1: Yeah. He's a, uh, he's a popular guy. Um, it's hard to, you know, he's, it was in 2015 he got real popular and I can give you all of that story, but you know, now he's almost 14 and he's a little old man and he's just like, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's hard to watch our dogs get old, but that little dog, he definitely has a, it had a big impression on a lot of people. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, after we you know, met through me working for you through Zilker Bark, I did go through Sid's Instagram account and it's just like incredible on the things that you made him do. I'm like, I never actually got the backstory on how you were able to put like 10 donuts on his head without him.
1: Yeah. You know, he, uh, he's a, he's a very patient dog. He would, um, he's the, he's the kind of dog that you could, you could, you know, you could balance a bunch of treats on him and you'd sit perfectly still until you gave him the command to move. I mean, he was, he was really the, the greatest, um, the greatest dog to have for that period of my life because he really helped me, uh, become who I am today. Not only through, uh, you know, developing as a human being, but also as a photographer. And I remember there'd be times when I'd be walking along a Creek and, in. and, 15 feet out in the water there'd be a, a rock and I was like man it'd be so cool if Sid would pose on that rock for a photo so I would I'd go I'd, I'd say say hey Sid and I'd point to the rock and I'd say go and he'd go he'd just swim right over get up on the rock and then he'd pose for a photo and it was just uh he was he was the he was an all-star I mean he he'd now he's now he's old and blind and he, and he doesn't go outside uh, without <laughs> being attended. And, you know, it's uh, yeah, he's he's a, he's a great dog. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with his like uh, his, his story about when he got in his accident and how his children book and everything.
0: Yes, uh, I, I did know a little bit about that, mostly just through his Instagram account. but I don't think I've ever heard it um, directly from you.
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you the abbreviated story because it's it's well told. Um, I actually, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Sid and I, when, after we moved to Austin, we were here for a little while and I'd started a business doing, uh, photography and social media because at the time my photography wasn't, wasn't strong enough to, uh, to stand up on its own. So I thought, you know, everybody needs social media. So I kind of coupled those services and I got some clients and things were going really well. And, um, that went on for about a year. And then I lost one of my big clients on retainer. That was on retainer, and I thought to myself, you know, if I can move to Austin and do this uh, and be successful, I should move to the most beautiful place in the world and try to do the same thing. So uh, I landed on the idea to move to Croatia. <laughs> uh, so I, I actually talked two of my buddies into moving with me. So um, it was gonna be the three of us and Sid, and uh, we were gonna go there, and I was gonna try to do you know, just kind of capitalize on tourism, weddings, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, and the day, uh, a month before we were supposed to leave on the trip and the day that the lease on my place was ending, uh, I sold everything I owned every, all of my possessions and I packed up what I had left in my car. And it was like one o'clock in the morning and we were getting ready to leave. And at that time I I realized I didn't know where Sid was. And, uh, it was, it was, this was one of the most difficult period times of my life. I, uh, I couldn't find him. He, he doesn't typically run off. And, uh, I went to the worst case scenario, which was the intersection of Cesar Chavez and Springdale. If you're familiar with East Austin. Yeah, I am. And, uh, yeah, I, I went, I went there and decided I'd go and work my way back. And I, that's when I found Sid laying in the middle of the road, He'd been hit by a car and he, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was super bad. We took him to the vet and he, um, uh, he ended up being able to save his life. And after like two major surgeries, he, he uh, he pulled through, but then it completely derailed our plans. And obviously, I wasn't going to put him on an international flight. You know, weeks after weeks after having this happen, so we packed up all of our belongings and we hit the road and we drove around the country for eight months. And when we got back, I published a children's book about Sid called Sid Ventures, and it was just a uh, a book about you know the photos from the trip and all all of Sid's adventures. And oh, the week that that book came out was the same week that Sid went viral for holding pizza in his mouth and this whole like this whole pizza in his mouth thing it's this is its own story he on snapchat at the time uh I was making a snapchat and I I went to Pete Terry's in Austin which is another classic Austin spot and they have these giant oatmeal cookies and for some reason they gave me two of them and I was so excited to have two cookies that I uh I got home and I was like, Oh, you know, I'm making a Snapchat. Or I was like, who should I give this one to? And I gave it to Sid and he put it in his mouth and he just held it. And everyone thought it was just the cutest thing ever. And for me, it's like, I always knew he would do that. I, Cause you know, when he was, uh, when he was a puppy, I trained him the difference between his food and mine. And, uh, he, he held it and he, um, it, you know, just loved internet loved it. So I thought, well, if they love that, I'm going to take him now. We're going to stick a slice of home slice pizza in his mouth and see how that goes over. Uh, and, uh, four seconds, the video is four seconds long and I, it has hundreds of millions of views and it, it went viral the same time as his book was coming out. And I remember he had a vine and I think it had like three videos on it. And I posted that one video and he had over 80,000 followers in a week on vine. Good God, It was, it was wild. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, we funneled that traffic into, uh, into the book. The book sold out immediately. We got a ton of publicity. I mean, after that video, he he uh, he'd done work for the PGA Tour, for Purina. He was. Miley Cyrus photoshopped him onto a uh, herself onto a hot dog that he was holding. I mean, it's just, just like it was, it was wild. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I read something about Miley Cyrus and Sid, and I was, yeah, I want to get a little more backstory because all those words together in one sentence isn't quite, yeah. add up to me, but yeah, I believe it happened. It was
1: crazy, and then you know, at that same time was when I was going to the park and photographing dogs, and uh you know, to a certain extent, the the traffic that we got from Sid's uh, viral videos, we were able to funnel into my photography and suddenly that was taking off too. And, uh, it was really kind of a perfect storm of events. And, um, you know, I think back to it and had Sid, you know, this is heartbreaking to say, but maybe Sid like knew deep down that going to Croatia wasn't (laughs) the best idea. And he took one for the team and, um, uh, yeah. and, And, uh, you know, the rest is history. The other, remarkable thing about this whole timeline of events was when I moved back to Austin, I met a couple of people on the road that I was going to move back with and move in with to be roommates. But they didn't have their, uh, they didn't have their ducks in a row so that nobody would rent to us because none of us had jobs. So I got on Craigslist and I made a post about needing a roommate and uh, my my wife responded. Uh, we moved in together and uh, that was eight years ago and we just got married last year. So yeah, it was a whole bunch of like perfect storm uh, oh my energy gosh. for sure.
0: <laughs> that is the best, um, what do they call it? Meat cute story that I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So Sid was the catalyst for yeah. all these, all these things. It sounds like,
1: yeah. yeah. So,
0: um, now you're, you know, in the kind of early stages of Zilker Bark as a business model. Um, what were some of the first kind of hurdles you had to overcome?
1: You know, I think the biggest hurdles were just like learning how to run a business I feel like, uh, you know, coming down to like scheduling and, uh, in marketing and knowing how to structure your services. I think as creatives, the biggest issue that we run into is we don't know how to price our work. And we always have this, uh, this feeling of, um, of being a fraud with, with the services we provide. Like, I don't know if I'm actually worth that, but, uh, so I think a lot of it was, was getting over that. Um, and like I said, you know, I, I charged $40 for 30 minutes of photography and I, to think back to that, uh, you know, it, it was a great learning lesson. I think at that time I, I needed to be in that space and, and put myself out there for me to grow. And also, you know, the product has changed a lot. So what I was, the, the photos I was producing, uh, for $40 look quite a bit different than the ones I'm doing now. Um, but yeah, I, I would say the the biggest the biggest things are like yeah just learning how to run a business learning all the intricacies of having a business i mean uh the taxes the 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 planning ahead the seasonal um the seasonalness of uh of the business i mean in austin as you know summers are dead like there's no there's no you know nobody wants to be outside during the summer so yeah so there's just a lot of a lot of figuring out and then also being able to uh create a sustainable business model that doesn't uh doesn't just have you just burning out because i think that's another thing that we as creatives go through is you you really want to you know bite off as much as you can chew but somehow it always ends up being too much and then you feel overwhelmed burnout and uh it's it's a it's tough to balance that for sure
0: yeah because like on top of sessions you're not only you know managing sessions right but you're also getting kind of other inquiries from vets and, you know, partnerships with other brands, right? Like I know H-E-B and then maybe some vet brands as well, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the, uh, that was one of the really fortunate things about our business. Um, we had this big social media following, so we had a lot of uh partners who wanted to come in and, you know, have us put on things in their name or, or do like sponsored posts and stuff. And, and it is, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely more than just going out and taking pictures or being a session photographer for that. Um, it's, it's, uh, it ends up being, uh, you know, a multifaceted business that requires a lot of learning how to pivot and adjust to things as they come. And it wasn't long, I think for the first year and a half, I I was just me. And, uh, and then I I brought on copywriters to help with uh, social media postings. And then, um, actually I, I met with, uh, this guy who kind of was a mentor for me at the time and he was like Alex you know like why don't you start hiring photographers and I was like oh you know I can't imagine having other people doing this you know this is my baby I can't imagine having other photographers helping and uh, and then finally when I was when I when I was able to uh, to kind of start hiring out and understanding you know that part of the growth in the business um, and how, how necessary that is uh, growing pains are always hard. Changes, is, change is difficult, but it's it's definitely been a, a big step. And having people like you on the team, you know, I it's uh, it's it's nice to see that my vision can be adequately uh, communicated, so that it can be uh, produced in the same way. And you know, right now we're just such a great team of photographers and super fortunate. I will say that uh, in the early stages. It wasn't. It wasn't so good. I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't know how to. You know, it's. It's like you. You learn how to become a manager over time too. Uh, you learn how to kind of communicate your voice and make sure that uh, you know those things are. It, it's just all a learning process. You can. You can read as much as you want or or hear as much as you want on how to do it right, but until you're actually doing it, I don't think you really fully uh, grasp what needs to be done for it to be done. Right.
0: Right. Right. And I mean, for people who might not, you know, be super familiar with Zilker Bark as kind of a brand and a style. But when we were doing our training together, just for me to become, you know, the associate photographer with Zilker Bark, um, it was it was pretty strict. Right. As far as like lenses being used and kind of getting your style very dialed in. So it was very evident that you like had a standard in mind and a vision and that it wasn't just, you know, as people might think, oh, it's just taking photos of dogs. It's like, no, there's a formula here that you've created for a very signature look. Um, And was that something that you kind of developed over time or uh, like how did you figure out what the Zilker Bark style was going to be?
1: Yeah. You know, I think I think what it comes down to uh, is the product that we try to put out and offer to our clients is fairly structured and we want to make sure that we can maximize the time for each client that we have. The sessions are only 30 minutes long, so for us to for us to get everything we need from that session, we need to have that structure otherwise, you know, as a photographer when you get into a session you're in an unfamiliar environment and you have clients who you've never worked with and you don't really have that structure, the stru- I mean the session can end up being an hour and a half and you spend most of it just wondering what shot to take next. And I think by by creating, you know, a formula for each session, we are um uh, creating a very we're using our time very efficiently. And that's something like with photography. You know, we we get we have a, we get paid a decent hourly rate, but it's all about how much you can get done in an hour and how and, and like the more efficient you become, the better uh the product you produce and uh as as a business that has multiple photographers that are offering the same product, it's so important that we have that consistency so that our clients know they can expect uh, the same product. So, so yeah, so coming up with that formula was a, a big part of uh, what's allowed the business to grow. Because uh, you know, if we tried to bring on a photographer who traditionally did weddings, that's a that's great for helping with people posing, but to be able to work with dogs in a tight time frame. And I mean, it's just it's all it's all yeah. so different. And uh, it does take a uh, a little bit of training time and experience to kind of feel good about putting somebody out and producing the product that we expect.
0: Yeah, because I know uh, I'm 100 percent certain you get this because I get it all the time just during when I would take sessions for Zilker Bark. But everyone's always going to say the same comment, which is, oh, my God, you have the best job in the world or, oh, my yes. God, you know, you're so lucky to get to do what you do, which is true. Yeah. It's, an, it's an incredible job. But I think the oversight there is that people don't understand how complicated it can be sometimes. Yeah. And the fact that a, lot, a of lot of work work and the fact that, yeah, like dogs are extremely unpredictable. Right. And it's very impressive that despite them being so un- unpredictable, you've kind of figured out a way to still give somebody you know, a guaranteed great photo of their dog, even if they're going to be, I don't want to say quote difficult dog, but you know, um, dogs have their, yeah. dogs are their quirks. Dogs are, you know, yeah. most people who are listening probably haven't seen you work. But if you have gone to see Alex work, you know, it's like pretty incredible to see you wrangle dogs in a way that nobody else does. But was there ever a session that like, that like really challenged you beyond your capabilities?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I would say that there are, there's definitely those sessions. There's a couple that come to mind, but I think the, the ones um you know the ultimate uh takeaway from those sessions is that it's it's a lot like it's a lot like people in that there's a way to get through to everyone and you just have to have the patience and the awareness to know how to do that um so there's there's a solution for every problem and I think uh you know once you've logged enough hours doing doing this uh doing this behavior, or or soliciting this behavior from animals I think you can uh, more accurately get it. But, you know, to your point, it it is, it is a great job when it's so great. I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than when you're working with a four month old puppy and it's just (laughs) like running right at your face. And it just like all it wants to do because you're laying down on the ground, taking pictures and it just runs right to your face and just licks you. It just like curls up in your arms and licks your face. That is, that is like, I, I feel like people don't know this. But I would pay them for that experience.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. And then you get to see people with their puppies, you know, for the first time.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's another that's another one of the really beautiful things about um, one of the really beautiful things about dog photography is you get to see dog ownership and you get to see how much these dogs mean to these people. And one of my favorite things, too, about photographing dogs is there's no such thing as bad dogs, you know, and, and, and people, no matter what their dog's behavior level is, you can see how much they love their animal. And I think just knowing, seeing that connection, uh, I think is, it it just, uh, it's, it's really remarkable. And, and yeah, I I don't know. Dogs are, dogs are, are special creatures and, uh, you know, unlike photographing people, you'll never have to solicit an emotion from them. They'll always be real. They're always going to tell you exactly how they feel, right? I mean, they don't know what a camera is. They don't know about that. I, I can't tell you how many times I've pointed a camera at a person and all of a sudden they make their camera face. And I'm like, this is a face you've never made before. But now that a camera's on you, you know, um, and dogs will never do that. And, uh, you know, if a dog's got a tongue sticking out of their mouth or their eyes half closed or their lips caught on their teeth, the owners just love it. But if that was a person's photo, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't make the cut.
0: I know. I know. The photos are so special to people. Um, and, you know, obviously they're mostly joyful sessions, but I know we've done some difficult sessions. Me personally, I know, and you definitely, but um, a lot of people also come to Zilker Bark for end of life sessions, which is um kind of a more unique, I think, type of photography session. But um, I do think it's still something really special that that you offer that and that people come to us or to you knowing that we're going to be very sensitive about yeah. this kind of thing and as compassionate as possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a you know, that's a you know, I always say the two most important photo shoots you can do for your dog are when they're puppies and seniors, because neither phase lasts as long as we'd like it to. And, and that really, that really is true. We started doing, uh, um, about four years ago or five years ago, we started doing dog flower crown sessions. And, and basically, uh, for the first two years, the florist that we were using was, uh, was providing the flower crowns for free. And the really amazing thing about this partnership was it was encouraging people to get photos of their dogs before they got to a point where, um, they weren't healthy enough to participate in a photo shoot. Because we've had so many end of life shoots where they come up and, you know, they don't, they, there's like, we have a week for this dogs, you know, uh, just, just in, in bad shape. And I, I think that's, you know, it's not the way we want to remember our dogs. We want to remember them as healthy as possible. So that flower crown campaign really helped, um, you know, get people out there maybe a year before they needed to. And I think because of that, it creates uh, much better memories. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's, um, there's definitely an importance there for having those senior dogs photographed. It's uh, it's also incredible. I mean, another thing I always like say, I got all these quotes, um, every dog gets to be a a puppy, but too few get to be senior dogs. So it's like, you really got to have that appreciation for. Oh, totally.
0: Uh, and I love that you, I love that you do so much like kind of advertisement or not advertisement, but you know, share so many senior dog photos because senior dogs are, you know, they're the best. They're like some of the sweetest, most hysterical dogs you'll ever meet.
1: Yeah, stubborn as hell. Yes, stubborn. Stubborn, definitely. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay, so I wanted to transition a little bit and talk about social media and how big of a role it plays in the way that Zilker Bark does marketing and how you book your sessions. Um, I know that you mentioned to me outside of this conversation that you started to outsource some of the copywriting um, yeah, because like the captions are just hilarious um, for those who are listening who are not familiar uh, with the account. Um, like I look forward to every time you post, which I'm assuming your audience does too, but um, I I'm looking at a photo right now of almost identical golden retrievers in front of the Austin skyline. And I'm going to go ahead and read the caption. It says Lila and Koa, the seven month old golden retriever litter mates, favorite <laughs> pastimes, pretending to be each other to trick their teachers at school. Everyone calls them double trouble because they're back to the bone. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. The I, captions are um, just incredible. Uh, so a year and a half or two years into doing Zilker Bark, I, uh, I was writing all the captions. And to be honest with you, it's easy to burn out there too, you know, coming up with creative copy for all of these all of these dogs. And back then I think we were posting like three times a day. And uh I I put together a uh uh application for copywriters and basically it was just like writing test copies. So people I sent people ten photos and they had to write the copy for it, and we whittled it down and we ended up hiring uh two copywriters. And one of them, yeah, she's she's been she's been writing copy for us now for I think five years and uh, and, and yeah, she's, she's fantastic. And um, she's honed in on, on those, that creative energy that really takes the photos to the next level. And I also think, you know, when people see their dogs on there and then they see the caption written for their dog, it's, they they just love it. I remember one time I was at the park and this person came up to me like, Oh yeah, you took a picture of my dog. And then, and then they recited the caption back to me. <laughs> they said, So they're like, Oh yeah, you said, you know, my dog was blah, blah, blah. And it was just like so cute. Cause you know, that that's like such a special connection for, for them and, and you know, their dogs, 15 minutes of fame.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I get it. Like I saw my dog on the account and just like, All hell broke loose. You know, we were the happiest people in the world. that's
1: awesome. Um, So how
0: do you keep up with, uh, like, social media lands? I don't know. How do you keep up with social media? You know, it's constantly changing, right? Sure. Like the way you probably did it with Sid, you know, seven years ago in pizza dog time period. It's probably very different than how it is now, probably considering that I'm guessing Sid was one of the earlier internet famous dogs. And now there's, you know, everybody has an account for, you know, their dog.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, I'll i say this. You know, I think that the social media was a fantastic resource to have when starting um, my dog photography business. I would say that I was very fortunate to have it um, accelerate my exposure in the way that it did. I remember one time I, I was being photographed for uh, the cover of a, a magazine, Tribesa. And the person that they hired was a photographer uh, who does dogs to photograph me. And at the shoot, I was really excited because I just got my first commercial gig. It was uh, for HEB photographing the dog food packages, the dogs for the covers. And I just got the job like that day or the day before. And I was so excited about it. And she and I was talking to that photographer and she's like, oh, yeah, I used to do like a lot of session stuff. But now I do uh, primarily commercial stuff. And I was like, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be photographing, uh, a commercial campaign for HEP soon. She goes, Oh yeah, I'm going to be photographing the campaign for them at the end of the month for their Texas Pets line. And I'm like, that's the one I just got hired for. <laughs> and it was it was like, she'd been doing it for like 10 years, you know, like she'd been a commercial and, and and because of my social media success, because of this exposure that I've gotten, I was able to leapfrog, you know, a photographer who was probably more qualified for that job. And it was, it's just really interesting to think about how One, you know, social media is such a powerful tool for getting yourself out there. But two, in this day and age, you really have to be more than just a creative person. You have to also be able to market your services because without, without like the marketing side of this, I don't, I don't think that, you know, it's, it's a much more slow going approach. And um, again, you know, because of that social media success, I was very fortunate to be given these opportunities and uh i i feel bad for, i felt bad for that photographer because she's she's a, a great photographer like she's she's very talented and we followed each other on social media after the shoot and then after she found out she didn't get the job she then unfollowed me <laughs> and i felt so bad because i was like you yeah. know it was it was uh, a yeah, I mean, yeah
0: tough uh i get it a tough situation a tough, and
1: i think she was probably more deserving get, of it but
0: you get tough shots yeah. or tough cards dealt sometimes um especially when freelancing right there's always yeah there's always going yeah. to be a wonder if you're going to get the job and whether or not exactly. somebody else is going to get it instead of you. So it's a tough reality. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's the toughest thing about being, yeah. About being a photographer is like you're competing, right? I mean, you're always competing with somebody else. And uh, I think that's the one nice thing about being in the space that, that we are is, you know, we kind of, I, I don't, I always compare it to uh it's like wedding photography. Everyone needs a photographer for their wedding. And that's why there's so many wedding photographers. Nobody needs a photographer for their dog. But when they want a photographer for their dog, they come to us. And that's like a really, a really nice thing to have. We're we're really fortunate to be in that position where it's not that people want not that people want photos of their dog. They want photos of their dog from Zilker Bark. And that's a we, you know, that's something I take a lot of pride in and the reason why we keep trying our best to uh, you know, have that product be consistent and the best it can be. Um But, you know, getting back to what you were talking about with, uh, with social media, I feel like because of the early on success that we did have, we're fortunate to, to not need it as much now, because I think at this point, most of our, most of our, uh, most of our clients come from referrals. People come and have a really great experience from us and then, uh, and then come back. And we, I, you know, we have, we have so many regulars too, who, we've been able to watch these dogs grow up. I mean, I've been photographing some of these dogs for five to seven years. So it's like, at this point, I know all of these dogs stories. I know like how they're doing. I know like life updates for them. You know, I mean, they're, they're kind of like family. I, I consider a lot of my clients, I, I consider myself to be the dog father to a lot of my clients. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I can see that people, you know, when you're at sessions recognizing people and you're like, Oh, Hey, and like you yeah. know, these dogs my name. Like you're there, you know they're they're yeah. your best friends.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like you've you've you know you've been to enough of our like holiday mini sessions and that kind of stuff that you're probably seeing some regulars come through, recognizing faces, dogs.
0: Oh no, absolutely, it's the best. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it's really nice.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I I, I do feel like keeping up with the social media hustle and bustle isn't as important for us, but it is something that I I. I do wanna, you know, continue to make an effort at. It's just, you know, social media is social media is hard.
0: I I mean yeah, yeah. It's um I yeah. think that's probably a challenge that a lot of photographers and I'm I'm sure especially creatives too, right? Who maybe Yeah. The last thing that they want to do is, um, I mean, like some people, you know, love maybe interacting in that whole process online. I personally, it's it's not my favorite, (laughs) Um, but I recognize it, you know, as a good tool to connect with people. Um, And yeah, yeah, it's a tool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I also I feel like, you know, with the way things are moving with social media, it seems like there's a big shift away from static images. And, uh, I understand that too, you know, videos, there's a big push for video. And I think being creative in, um, in, uh, in how, how photos can be used in a video context, I think, um, being mindful of that is good, but you know, there's also, uh, this whole, uh, artificial intelligence thing, you know, I mean, it's, um, trying to figure out ways to make that work for you. I think it's, uh, it's common for people in. In really any industry, to see progress as a, a negative thing, but I, I think that if you begin to perceive, you know, these inevitable changes as negatives, then you kind of just fall behind. So, learning how to adapt to the to new landscape in your industry, uh, I think that's a, a really important part of of maintaining your business.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I hope to see more reels coming uh, from the Zilker Park account. So hopefully yeah. you have a few of those lined up because yeah, the couple you- that I did see there, I mean, they're hysterical. I watch them regularly and I laugh every single time. Yeah.
1: Well, do you want to start making some for us? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just mentioned how social media is not my strong suit.
1: Maybe yeah. if dogs are involved, it's a little bit
0: different because that seems kind of like, yeah. not to say it's not you know easy. It's still going to be difficult. But dogs, I mean, come on, like it's a little bit of a layup. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's, there's a few things, food and dogs. I feel like those things my know, my break know. Well, the internet. Well, we did that yeah. real
0: together, um, you know, where it was like what the dog sees yeah. versus what the camera sees. And it's, it's so smart. So funny, you know, it's, it's stuff like yeah. that, that I think people really like get excited to see kind of, you know, the behind the scenes too, of the business and the process. Yeah, totally. Um, So to kind of wrap things up a little bit, um, is there anything you would uh, or any kind of words of advice that you might have for aspiring photographers or for anyone trying to navigate starting a business or just in the early stages of their photography career? Yeah, you know, I think the
1: I think the big thing is don't get intimidated by what's going on around you. I think that, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people will look at an industry and be like, you know, there's already so many people doing it. I just don't think I can stand out. And I feel like the biggest, the biggest uh, piece of advice or or motivator that I could tell someone is as long as you're passionate about what you do and you try your best to, to do that thing that you're passionate about to the best of your ability, I I don't see a way that you won't be rewarded. I just, uh, I think sometimes it takes time and sometimes it takes a lucky break, but uh, I feel like passion is often rewarded in our society. And I think that uh, there's always room for more creatives.
0: Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any other projects that you're uh, currently working on, or kind of have in mind down the pipeline? You
1: know, for me, it's really just uh, just you know trying to do less, trying to do a better job, trying to make what we currently do better, and um, and just uh, you know, I think um, for the early stages of my career, it was all about learning learning what works, trying a lot of different things, and then seeing what sticks. And at this point, I think we've really honed in on what's successful for us and our business model. And, uh, I think just figuring out ways to do those better And for, you know, as you're familiar, it's it's for us, it's many sessions, being able to offer these really great, uh, short experiences at a lesser cost than our regular session. I think they, they go over really well. And, um, and then just also like our events and then our regular session.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, where can people find you on social media?
1: Yeah. Um, Zilker bark just about anywhere. Uh, um, you know, if you get bored and want to look at dog photos all day, that's a great way to do it. Um, but also, you know, if, uh, if you want to come to Austin, Texas and get your dog photographed, do that too. And then, uh, you know, I guess one other thing we are, um, hopefully, uh, for, uh, I guess early or late spring of next year, we're going to be offering our first dog photography workshop here in Santa Fe.
0: Oh, it's great to know. And if people were interested in that, they can just yeah. find the details on zilkerbark.com or...
1: Yeah, on zilkerbark.com, we have a photography workshop uh, intake form where we're going to be uh, um, basically getting an idea of the of the things people want to learn. And then uh, the workshop's going to be here in Santa Fe. We Our property here in Santa Fe, it's called Casa Chicoma. And it has uh, five Airbnb units. So we're actually going to be doing it here on the property. And um, uh, it'll be a three day retreat on uh, Memorial Day weekend of next year.
0: Oh my gosh, incredible. That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Well, if people want to see Pizza Dog, they can find him at, um, what is it, at my Regal Beagle? Is that right?
1: that's him yeah. okay yep. pizza
0: dog if you take one thing away from this interview it's probably gonna be at my regal beagle on instagram <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: yeah. there you go yeah all right yeah. well
0: thank you so much alex i i really appreciate it thanks so much joe
1: yeah this is great